Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It will never lose its power. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast. The great Matt Guy with you once again on a beautiful spring day, late spring day, and we're going back into the book of Ephesians, and we're we're winding that down, our series down in Ephesians, and we're going back into chapter 2, and we're going to go back in, and I believe where we left off was verse 11, and so we're going to be looking at that today. I want to read you the text, and then we're going to get right into it, but first, but first before we read that, just a small bit of housekeeping, at least for the summer months, we're coming up on the summer here. I believe we're going to go ahead. It's just, I have so much to do in my life, uh, the way it is. I love doing this podcast, but I don't think I do you justice the way I've been doing it. And I'm going to cut back down to three episodes a month instead of four. I was doing an episode once a week. These will approximately be, at least for the summer, one episode every 10 days or so. One episode every 10 days. So uh, they may be a bit longer, not that much longer, but I want to give you your bang for your buck, so to speak. So we're talking about Ephesians 2, 11 to 13. Let me read that for you. Therefore, remember that you were once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You are brought near by the blood of Christ. The title for today's podcast is Aliens in Search of an Undiscovered Country. Aliens in Search of an Undiscovered Country. Today's lesson is a takeoff on the old Star Trek movie, The Undiscovered Country. And I use that even in my book that I wrote. I like that old movie. Reminds me a lot of things metaphorically in the scriptures. The Undiscovered Country, which was about the Federation in Star Trek seeking peace with the Klingons. And almost forever an eternal enemy were the Klingons. And the Undiscovered Country in this episode or in this movie was Finding Peace. 
That was their undiscovered country. The parallel for us in today's episode that the Gentiles are also seeking peace and reconciliation in union with the Abba, though they may not realize it. I believe, as Ecclesiastes 13.11 says, God has set eternity in men's hearts. You see, we see men all over the planet, women all over the planet, especially with what is going now on now in our world with COVID-19, with what's happened here in the United States, with the riots, with Black Lives Matter, with all the riots we've seen politically and the unrest we've seen in the last two years with all that's happening. I believe that is just a symptom of men that are restless, women that are restless for real purpose and meaning in their lives. And I just believe what Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, I believe that God has set in man's hearts eternity. It says in that, if you look in the Hebrew there, he set like a hook in men's hearts eternity, like hooking a fish. Men and women can never get away from that, no matter how deeply and debauched they are in the acts of sin that they commit. They're created to have a union, to have a a relationship with Almighty God. We were made that way. And that's why I say aliens in search of an undiscovered country. When we look into these verses here, of course, you know, these people are completely in depravity from God. And you're going to see that as we break this verse down. We're going to look at these terms today a bit. Just to give you a preview, Gentiles, uncircumcision, and then these five terms of depravity. We're going to break them down for you. Without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, that's number two. Strangers from the covenants of promise. The fourth term, having no hope. And the fifth term, without God in the world. These are the five descriptions of the Gentiles that Paul was referring to in verse 12 of Ephesians 2. Okay, that's where they were. They were utterly estranged from God, estranged from God. Okay, so let's go on and we'll just start going through the passage. Ephesians 2.11, wherefore or therefore remember. What follows is a personal application of what Paul just said. In other words, he wanted them to remember, remembering their past so they would be more thankful for the redemption they had received. And that remembering the personal application is in regard to the previous verses we studied, verses 4 to 10, being that culmination of being made into a masterpiece by God. We talked about the making of a masterpiece about a month ago here in Ephesians 2. 8 through 10, that we were saved by grace. And he wants them to remember their past. You know, this is the picture here. And in regard to remembering their past, what they came out of, the hopeless situation they were in, so they'd be more appreciative of the masterpiece that God was making their lives into, the handiwork that he was creating in them. All great things done for them by God's grace should incline them Uh, point them to think of their past from which God delivered them. Remembering our past, remembering the past, will make us more thankful for the present privilege we have as favored sons and daughters of God. And also it makes us more circumspect or more careful in how we walk out the good works that he promised in verse 10. You know, good works, that we are being made a masterpiece, as it says there, that we should walk forward in good works, okay? 
Ephesians 2.11 then, going on, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. And that's just what he means here. He's talking about Gentiles as a distinct class of people. Sometimes in Scripture, when we see that word, he's talking spiritually or metaphorically of an unregenerate man or woman. But he literally means a Gentile as shown forth by the physical body, by the flesh, by, you could say, they didn't have the physical differentiation of circumcision that the Jews had. In other words, their physical bodies showed them to be heathen in character in times past. Gentile is a distinct class of people, okay? He's comparing the Gentiles, and he's also going to be pulling in a little bit here when we go in these five terms of depravity, pulling in the, the nation of Israel a bit and how they're different. Basically, the Greek implies is showing by the language when they're talking about uncircumcision, especially by the Jewish people, it meant a term of contempt. A term of the uncircumcised were a term that they would rail at the Gentiles, you uncircumcised, with an attitude of contempt, like saying, you idiot or fool. Now, and I relate that to what's going on today in our society, because we see a lot of people claiming that we're the white nation, or even blacks, or even the Asians are, we're all guilty of racism. Well, this was really an example of racism you know, the way the Jews, a lot of them that were not converted to Christ, considered the Gentiles. The Greek language also implies the poverty of the previous condition of the Gentiles. These people were held in a mindset by the Jews as being inferior and unclean, much like lepers. Thus the term uncircumcision is used. Let's go on. By them, which is called circumcision. So you see, the Jews had a pride and arrogance that they were God's people. They were people of the covenant. We're going to get into that a little bit. However, Paul is showing circumcision really means nothing than a physical distinction making the two bodies different. The Jews were, of course, circumcised in their body, and the Gentiles were not. It's nothing more than a physical distinction an outward physical procedure performed on someone's body. Let's look at Romans 4, 11, and 12. And he received, we're talking about Abraham, the sign of circumcision. And see, this is interesting. He brings this up here because this is where the Jewish nation came from. They came out of Abraham's loins. They were his people. It talks about he he was going to multiply them as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. Remember that? But and he received, talking of Abraham, a sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteous of faith, that is by faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. See, he wasn't even circumcised yet like the Jews would become. That God hadn't, hadn't even performed that on him yet. And yet he was circumcised in spirit because of his faith, that he might be the father of them that believe, though they be not circumcised. That righteousness may be imputed to them also of the father of circumcision, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. See, circumcision is really an issue and a matter of one's heart. It's a physical thing, but in the scriptures, it metaphorically represents a circumcision of the heart. 
Romans 2.29 speaks to this. It talks about being a Jew of the heart and not just because of circumcision. Colossians 2.11 says, circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. See, Christ circumcises us, our hearts, okay? That's what he's talking about here. Verse 12, let's get right into these five terms of depravity, as I call them. Five terms of depravity. And I'll just highlight them again for you, and then we'll take them one by one. We're going to talk about these five terms. Verse 12, that at that time you were one without Christ. This is how they were formerly before they became converted to Jesus. Two, number two, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Three, being strangers from the covenants of promise. Four, they had no hope. And five, they were without God in the world. That is the five terms of depravity, I've called them. Without Christ, let's look at that. The Greek means separate from Christ, having no part in him, far from him, nowhere at all near him. One commentator said it is the basic definition of paganism. When we're talking about Christ, we're talking about the Messiah, and he was the Messiah of the Jews. This is a position of inferiority compared to the Jews who were hoping and waiting for Christ. See, the Messiah, they were waiting for the Messiah, and yet the Gentiles had no hope of a Messiah because they were not a people that had the lineage of Abraham of the covenants that God formed with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the people of the Jewish nation. They didn't have any hope in that. Number two, the second term of depravity. They were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. The Greek means alienated from, not just separated from. The Israel, the nation of Israel, they were different. You could say they were kind of backslidden from a lot of them that weren't converted from the covenant. They were cut off because they were self-righteous, indolent, unworthy. It's not that they didn't know about the covenant and their lineage with Abraham, but they did not practice it, you could say. They were not like the Gentiles who were alien and strangers, like being another race, totally, okay? That's what we're talking about here. Commonwealth talks about citizenship. Commonwealth of Israel talks about the government that God established through Abraham, the covenants he established, the constitution that the Jews really were aware of whether they were walking in it or not, okay? Let's go to the next one. Strangers from the covenants of promise. Or we could say it this way. Strangers from or of the promise, from the promise, from the covenants of promise. Okay? Not a member of a city or state. A foreigner. Completely foreign. Like from one country to another. To a thing. Having no share in it. You know, like you become a citizen of the United States, you have a share in all the the benefits we have here as, as citizens to be free, to vote, and uh, the different things that we, we have benefits for social security, for those kind of things if you work. You know, if you're not, supposedly if you're not a citizen of this country, you don't have any of that. Covenant of the Messianic people. Okay, that's what we're talking about. The great messianic promise of the Jews. In other words, they had covenant, they had, I keep getting through to this, that there was a covenant, a promise made to them. Let's go on. I think we've covered that. Finally, the fourth one, having no hope. And we're referring basically here, referring utterly without hope. 
ignorant of any divine salvation by Abba that is found in Christ. But before that, they were utterly hopeless with no no hope of salvation at all because they weren't in the covenant. They weren't part of the, the nation of God, as it were, contrasted to the covenant that God had with Israel, destitute of any you know relationship with God. They were having no hope, ignorant of divine salvation. With Let's go to the next one. Without God in the world, contrasted again to the covenant that God made through Abraham with the Jewish people that they could take part of. Acts 14.15 says, turn from uh, worthless things to the living God. And as he's talking about here, Mars Hill is what I'm thinking of here, that they were the Greeks and the Persians. They had this Mars Hill where they had all these gods because they wanted to make sure they were so confused that they didn't leave out any gods. And he's referring to that. Turn from worthless things to the living God. You know, that there's one God. Slaves to those who were by nature no gods. Galatians 4.8, he's talking again about those gods on Mars Hill. Destitute of any kind of God, real God. 1 Thessalonians 4.5 talks about pagans who do not know God. Galatians 1.14, Christ gave his life to, and we're talking about now in the world, to deliver us from the present world. Let's go on contrasted to the covenant of Israel as opposed to us having no hope as Gentiles in a godless world. Let's read some more scriptures talking about being in the world. Save me, the psalmist said, from such people, Lord, whose reward is only in this world. John 15, 9, the world would love you as its own, but you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world because they will hate you. He's talking to his disciples. John 17, 14, you are not of this world, Jesus said of his disciples. 1 John 2, 16, I love this one. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. See, that's what aliens strangers from God. That's what their mindset is. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's the things that they are involved in. Talking about this phrase, without God in the world, one commentator said it this way, the domain of their life was this present evil world, and in it, alienated as it were, was from, they were alienated as it were from God, as they had no God. The domain of their life was this present evil world, and in it they were alienated as it was from, from God because they had no God. All right? So those are the five terms of utter depravity that the Gentiles found themselves in that Paul wanted to remind them of so that they would appreciate the salvation that was brought through Jesus. So let's go to verse 13, because that is the apex of this whole lesson. You know, we're not going to leave you without hope when we talk in this lesson. Let's read that. We'll read that. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off 
have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He's using that language again, like they're strangers, like they're aliens, far off. That's how the Jews thought of the Gentiles. But they were brought near, and that's what we're saying about, oh, the blood of Jesus. You know, that's what brought us near. That's what gave us redemption. Yes, the cleansing of our sin. We talk a lot about that, and that's true. It washes away our sin. But let's look at that for a few minutes before we uh, quit today, because there's some really good truths here. And let's look at this one scripture here that I have. Let's look at Leviticus 7 when we're talking about the blood and the importance of blood. For the life of a creature is in the blood. Leviticus 7. Okay, it's in his blood. Now let's look at verse 14. Because the life of every creature is its blood. That is why I have said to the Israelites, you must not eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is in its blood. Anyone who eats it must be cut off. Okay. And then he says, verse, uh, we'll go back here. Verse 11, I think it is for the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. And what we're talking about here, it goes deeper than just the cleansing of sin, but a person's life is in the blood. When Jesus gave his blood, shed his blood and gave his life, he was giving you his life in exchange for your life. Isn't that wonderful? That's why it's such a precious thing. You know, you are far off but brought near by the life or the blood of Christ because now as a Christian, you have his life living within you. All right, let's go on. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. There was an exchange made. Your old life for the life of Christ living inside of you, because the life is in the blood. That's why he shed his blood, be also to cleanse us from sin. But that's a really good revelation there, if you can grab that. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Let's read a bit through Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Okay, we're talking about his eternal spirit. He offered that in exchange for your spirit, that he might live inside of you. Verse 15, and for this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal internal, eternal inheritance. Okay. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Therefore, brethren, Hebrews ten nineteen, having boldness to enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. All Hebrews 9 is all about the great priest, Jesus Christ, a mediator between man and God, who broke down or tore down that uh, curtain in the Holy of Holies that we could enter boldly as sons and daughters before the throne of grace. That's what that is about. So I think with that, we're going to be done for today. We'll close out today and we'll be back next week. And we'll take this topic up again in Ephesians. And we'll go on in Ephesians about Christ because he, he let me read that last scripture again. 
Got to find it. But now in Christ Jesus, you once were far off, having been brought near by the blood of Christ. And then it goes into him talking about he became our peace. And we're going to go into the subject of peace next time. So thank you for joining us on the uh, Kingdom Corner podcast. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.